Folks, what's happening? It's the champs. It's Moshe. I jumped in first because I'm feeling myself. Uh, This weekend, February 8th through the 10th, me and Doug Pound will be up in San Francisco at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Then March 8th through 10th, I'll be in South by Southwest in Austin. And March 14th through the 18th, I'll be at Caroline's on Broadway in New York City. Uh, Obviously, get some t-shirts. Go to bluecollardistro.com forward slash the champs and cop yourself a champs t-shirt that's exciting stuff yeah this weekend let me just uh, say i'll be there on the 9th in san francisco just go to sfsketchfest.com for all that information hi neil brennan Finally. uh february 16th to 17th i'm doing the traverse city comedy festival thing it's michael moore whatever he does a comedy festival i'm doing that uh come see me Traver in northern michigan i don't want to you know keep me warm and then I'm doing another, I'm doing the Gilda's thing, the Gilda Gilda's Gilda Laugh, Rat, Fest. Laugh Fest after that, which I believe is the following weekend, February, we'll say, 23 and 24. That's then in I'm, Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Then I'm doing Tacoma, March 7th, 8th, and 9th. Tacoma, come fuck with me. You've been good to me in the past. Be good to me in the future. Boston, March 16th. Uh, at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Boston, is, but March sixteenth. But this is even more important than any of our dates, right? What we care the most about is literacy. And if you're illiterate, a great solution to your illiteracy is an audio book. You don't have to read anymore; you can just listen to it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's we're here to. This is an ad for Audible, if nothing else. Audible dot com. You got. You got to go. You got to go to audiblepodcast.com slash the champs. Uh, and go pick yourself. Hey, dummy, we know you want to read. You yeah, just but you never just learned how. You literally cannot. And maybe you don't have any money to buy a book. If That's you get okay. a little more well-read, maybe your pussy game would be a little better. Pussy game up. Jesus. I don't know why you mentioned that, Doug, but yeah, maybe maybe so. Uh, audi- audible.com. Audiblepodcast.com slash the champs. And they're offering a free audiobook download, right? If you're yeah. a first-timer, you can get a free one, which yeah. is really, it's like drugs. So go get one. There's a lot of and great ones And it makes ones us there. look good when you go there and then they, they advertise on the show and et cetera, et cetera. I just read a great book called The Lost City of Z, which was super great. Uh, I would recommend get copying that one. Or there's another great book called Casher in the Rye. What? Is that an audio book now? It is an audio Who book. Who reads you can get it? get that there. I read it. It's my voice. Listen or is to this it, silky or is voice. it me? It might be <laughs> Neil. Who knows? You never Can't will tell. know. Um, but anyway, go to audiblepodcast.com slash the champs and get an audio book because they are great for when you're exercising or when you are driving. Indeed. Let's start the podcast. Now you're fucking with the champs. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, you're back in the building with the champs. It's your favorite podcast. We are back recording. This is a very exciting episode. Say hi, Neil. Hi, everybody. Say hi, Doug. I wanted you to have this motion. Uh-huh. This is like your... Well, this is a big moment for me. This is true, I will a say. A kid from Oakland. A kid from Oakland. I have one of my true heroes in the building. <laughs> he doesn't understand how much this means to me, but uh, somebody that I've been listening to since I was a very young a very young man. I'm not a pervert. A, an Oakland legend, a hip-hop legend. Uh, this is exciting shit, man. Uh, it's too short, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck. That's me saying fuck. Yeah, too short is in the building. <laughs> All right, I don't even know where to begin, short. Mo- Moshe, why don't you explain to people what you explained to me about short, and then On we the can... deadly streets of Oakland. <laughs> well, I will say, 
that there is no, there's probably no music, no, probably no musician for, especially kids that grew up in the 90s and my generation. Dirtbag white kids. Dirtbag white kids, that's right. <laughs> Who, there, there's probably no more significant Oakland musician. There's a lot of significant Oakland musicians, but Too Short has a special, you have a special place in the kind of, in the, in the Oakland imagination. Well, yes, um, it's that I grew up on, it's, I grew up on you type of factor, you know, and uh, I, I kind of tell, people come to me all the time, they say, too short, man, I grew up on you. And I'm like, so did I, because <laughs> I started when I was a little kid, yeah, 14 years old, and it, I pretty much grew up listening to Too Short, too, so it was, I, I took the journey with you, I know what you mean. Right, so you, did you, you move from here originally? To Oakland? I, when I was 14 years old, I you moved. were stuck in Hollywood, and you're like, I gotta make it. I gotta <laughs> get moved to Oakland. To Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we we moved up to the Bay, and uh, that's where I started rapping. And I kind of always associated my rap career with Oakland. What Ooh. were you doing? Ta- I'm in Oakland Ex- right now. <laughs> explain, explain the uh, the thing about personalized rapping. Oh well, uh, that was that was your. I mean, you could probably explain it better than me. You started before records. What, yeah. what were you doing? Well, I, I had a rap partner. His name was Freddie B. We're talking like uh, 1981, 82, 83, 84, right in those years. We were in high school. And uh, Freddie B was born and raised in Oakland. He was the kind of kid who had um, he had been in trouble when he was younger. He used to live in West Oakland in Campbell Village. Then he uh, moved to East Oakland. He was like a juvenile detention, all kind of stuff. So he- Moshe has an erection right now. <laughs> <laughs> So Any sort of crime <laughs> in Oakland, so specific neighborhoods of Oakland, <laughs> East <laughs> Oakland. Oh. You hear me? I'm all silent. Should I get to speak? I'm too excited. So basically, my, my rap partner was pretty popular in the streets. He knew everybody, and he um, we started rapping together in like 11th grade, and we uh we had been rapping a while, but separately, and we met, and he was like, "Man, we should sell this," and we, and I was like, "Sell it to who?" And he's like, "Just take it to the streets and sell it." So we took where my, you were just rapping at like the lunch. Were you in school? Nah, we we were a little more high tech. I, I kind of um, I, from the start, I had always had equipment that you could record on. Got all, it. Always. But you were fourteen years old and you had recording equipment already. My father gave me a hand me down stereo. Was able to plug a microphone into it. At first, we could only get the voice in one speaker and the music in the other. Right. But then we uh. That's what we got. So yeah, that's basically you had, a, you, had a, you had a podcast. We, we, we graduated and got a little Radio Shack mixer and it, it put everything in stereo. So we took this tape to these uh, drug dealers and they were at uh, Royal Park over in East Oakland. Where did you find drug dealers in East Oakland? <laughs> that's just Bay Area shit. Yeah, it wasn't hard. <laughs> so, so basically uh, we walked up to him and like I said, he always knew a lot of guys in the streets and he told him, he said, uh, he said we, got, we got this cassette of us rapping. You guys want to buy it? And the first thing somebody was like, well, why would we buy it? Like, well, just listen to it. So we, we walked over to one guy's car. He had a loud stereo. Got a little audience, probably, you know, 10, 15 guys. And we pushed play. I can't tell you how long it played. Maybe 10 minutes, five minutes. And one of the guys pressed eject and said, how much you want for it? He was like, give us $5. And then somebody else said, I want one, too. And we were like, well, hold on. We only got one. We'll be back tomorrow. And that started the hustle. We came back the next day with a bag of tapes. Awesome. These guys over at Royal Park bottom. <clears throat> we came back the next day. Walked over two blocks to 84th and Bancroft. They bought them. Next next day we're on 90th, and everybody on every little turf where all the drug dealers sold drugs wanted to buy these tapes we had. And did they did <coughs> went by the time like day three where there was like oh and you were you too short back then? Yeah, that was the name too short. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And so it, did Buzz start to build in the, like the town? People were talking about, oh, who's this young dude or whatever. Yeah. And the way we got the way they got customized, there was this um this real scary drug dealer. His name was Hot Lips, and he was like 
the kind of guy a lot of people feared, even though his name was Hot Lips. He was known for not. By the way, I was watching First Forty Eight last night, and they were looking for a guy named Main Man. <laughs> main Man, <laughs> Hot Lips, like, Main Man. That's a fucking great name. <laughs> so Hot Lips, not only was he a credible gangster who was a you know a successful drug dealer at the time, he was also known for knocking motherfuckers out. That was especially was the knockout, knocking them the fuck out. <laughs> he had two special. He had Hot Lips, the fuck and out. he had Knockout. Knock, that was his specialty. Was one punch and you're out. So he had a sidekick. One of his sidekicks' name was uh, Cold Lips. Fre- Freddie Pratt. That was his birth name. He, some guys, even though they're street guys, they go by their birth name. Freddie Pratt's a decent name. Yeah. I mean, Freddie. if you got to go, if you're going to keep your name, I, I endorse you, Freddie Pratt, Freddie. wherever you are. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Freddie Pratt. So Fred, um, he he came up to us and he's like, "Man, you guys should come to my house and record. I got this super equipment." You know, Fred was like a little drug dealer who, you know, obviously had a car and money and stuff. So we're like, "Okay, we go over there," and he takes us to Hot Lips' house. And you're and, like, we're going to get knocked we're, out. We're very, we're very aware that we're inside of the drug house where, you know, it's going down. Was it like opulent or it, was it fucked up crack house? It was fucked up uh, PCP. Crack had Oh, this is before crack. <laughs> Wait, PCP. I, speaking of the year, we're, eight, we're at 81 right now? It's like, it's like 82. Is hip hop even the music of the streets? Yeah, it's almost like the message were out. Yeah. You know, groups That's like fucked up shit right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> groups like Run DMC were about to hit. It was it. Was it. it, was, it was and relevant. what were you wearing? Like cut off jean jackets and shit? Believe it or not, five hundred ones and and Nikes. Yeah, well, that's the oh, thing. Sure, sure you, all, you always had a kind of a a, a same, simple style. Yeah, same shit, t-shirt, yeah. jeans. I got a question: Did the drug sales go up when your tapes started getting hot with the drug dealers? <laughs> that's why like, they wanted the them. soundtrack to their. I'm dealing? pretty sure the um the the coworker relations got a lot better on the turf when the two short tape was. Playing. Oh, you mean there was peace in the streets because of two short? <laughs> Thank you, two short. Exactly. Thank you. Thousands of lives so, saved. We're at this house, man, and we and we're in this little apartment, whatever, and um. And we're getting ready to leave, and Hot Lips just comes out of nowhere. He never said nothing to me in his life, never met him, nothing. And he just says, the fuck are y'all doing in my house? And we're like, <laughs> and we're like uh, yeah, we're here with Fred. We're just, uh, you know, rapping. Like, man, get out of here with that rap bullshit. Nobody want to hear that shit. And just, you know, he just pretty much. I'm picturing cut- the dad from Friday right he now. He cussed us the fuck out, and in the midst of him cussing us out, he said, I wouldn't listen to that shit unless it, had my, unless it was about me. Huh. And that's all we heard. We left. Go on. We like. Oh shit! We gotta go make a tape about him so he don't fucking kill us. And we made a tape that was about him, his block, his turf, and all this stuff. And just like mercilessly kissing his ass. And we and we gave it to him without telling him what it was. We just like happy birthday. Check this out. (laughs) He never said thank you. He never said I liked it. He never said I listened to it. Probably a week went by, and this guy just runs up on us like another fucking scary character, and he's like. You too short, you Freddie. My, my rap partner name was Freddie B. He's like, you too short, you Freddie B. He's like, you motherfuckers better make me a tape just like the one Hot Lips got. Or fucking y'all. Like, he's like, you on my block right now. Oh, so it was just hilarious. a series of threats that were getting <laughs> yeah. made so your we, music. Career. So then we come back. We 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 now we in some shit. We got to come back. We, and these guys are like the king of the block. The you know the, the they run their little drug gangs or whatever. And we make him the tape. And then we started getting like summons to all the neighborhoods. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm Big Joe. I want one of those tapes too. <laughs> I'm main Did man. Did they pay you for Make these tapes, tape. or you yeah, just had to do them to the, keep the price? The, the second guy who came and threatened us gave us twenty bucks, so that was the price for the custom. And tape. Hot Lips one was free. Yeah, you know, Hot Lips was on the house. Yeah. <laughs> were they? And were these? Were they garbage songs? No, these were actually. I had good equipment. I had some decent. And were equipment. and a new beat. Everybody got their own beat. Not always. We just would particularly <laughs> might double up a beat. Who, who's yeah. making the beats? I was using the, the B side of uh, hip hop instrumentals, huh. or even disco records, whatever, whatever it may be. Hot with a hot instrumental on the B side, the twelve inch. Yeah, and 
it would be loud and clear if you had a nice stereo. It sounded good in your stereo. I had a little little effects machine to make the voice go yo 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 yo. Like we had it all. It was yeah. good. it was just shit. And then you know, I'd mention your car, maybe mention your girlfriend's name, couple of your homies, what block you on, and it was something that you could ride around in your car and play your own custom tape. What happened in the long run was that all the bosses summons us to their turf, told us to make them special tapes, and then would invite us back to birthday parties and barbecues and house parties and have us come rap. And they just kind of, we just kind of became like mascots versus, you know, just rappers. They really loved us. And right. would you kind of have them over a barrel? Or you're like, look, I'd love to do your birthday party, but uh, I'm getting my throat's a little sore <laughs> and uh, my, you might have to pay me 500 or grand or whatever. Like, now, would, the, it was, we're talking the early 80s. We, we, we do it, man. 50 bucks, 75 bucks, 100 bucks. We come right. and show up at your house party. We DJ the party, you know what I'm saying? We whatever, whatever it is, whatever. And then that, so that that, that led into into you starting your own record label. What was it? What was the name of it? G- the, girls, ninety nine. The first label I was affiliated with was seventy five girls. Seventy five girls, right? And same deal, just you know, just every everything, just drug dealers. I, I I like to say that that cocaine funded my career in the crackheads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically because you know a lot a lot of um. P- well, PCP gave you your start. Right, and then cocaine right. really cemented you. And then coke took you the rest of the way and, there. And not using it at all, just basically just funded by, you know, it's kind of like Miami. Can right. you explain to people, uh, people that are too young to remember PCP, uh, <laughs> what that was exactly? Now, Tusha, you're an expert on PCP. Uh, explain to the kids. No, people. There are kids that are like twenty five. Oh, they're like, like what embalming the fuck? fluid or some shit. Like, it was did, embalming fluid that people would <laughs> smoke. Well, didn't did, they? Didn't they say about the weed in East Oakland that it, they used to sprinkle embalming fluid it, on it? it yeah, probably, in, they in, did a lot of stuff in DC too, and they called it Hinkley after John. Uh, is it the John same thing Hinkley. as Angel Dust? Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. what it is. Yeah, man, you'd be dusted. Yeah, we would buy sacks. We would buy sacks on ninety eighth on the, the hill and on East twenty fifth. And the one on East twenty fifth, people are like, "Be careful!" They're like, "We got some extra embalming fluid. <laughs> Why don't we put it on the weed?" You want to hear the Oakland weed nightmare stories? Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I know guys who uh, would take like some heroin and dissolve it in like water, like pure heroin, and spray it on the weed just so you get higher and think oh, they got shit. the best weed. And they, you would get hooked. <laughs> they do it with PCP. They did it with. Sometimes they do it with um, Raid. Isn't that a waste of money, though? <laughs> Whenever they say they cut drugs with, like, you get some weed and it's like, oh, that's got angelist on it. People well, just why wouldn't they just sell that shit separately? Why do they got to, They like, just start experimenting, man. I don't know, man. You got to go to the bay. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't <laughs> get it, Doug. You, you don't get there. it, man. <laughs> that's why the fuck the fools have to be, had to roll out of here. That shit's some Bay Area shit. Northern California. <laughs> that's exactly. correct. Uh, so so the, were, did you at this point have the like like shorty the pimp uh, persona? Were you talking about women well, at this point? What we did before before I went solo and I was with my rap partner in high school years. What we did was we pretty much were you going to school also? Like you were going to class <laughs> every day. I kind of went to class every yeah. day. I was I was a fuck up, but I I was a smart kid, so I, right. I I pretty much maintained a D average on purpose. Oh, there you go. Oh, for street cred, just to get to the next grade. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah, I think I, I mean I, I was a straight A student all my life. When I got to high school, I kind of. Wanted to be a bad You would kid. agree that most rappers are intelligent people. Yeah, you can't make it. Not a lot of ignorant, successful rappers. That's what you, I tell right. people that all the time. You can't right. make like, what it. Is it? It's like nothing. You fucking. If you're writing your own material, <laughs> right. you've got to be intelligent. It's sort of like. Unless some, some you're. Who's com- that new kid that straight up uh, seems like he's on some special needs shit? The kid, the all gold shit. <laughs> I don't know. Trinidad Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, all gold that dude. Everything. Like, that dude is on some special needs. I have to look this up. <laughs> don't believe me. Just watch me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like really, it's really uh, basic shit. 
So you were still in high school, and you didn't yet have the the the, the too short persona fully. What, but what we were doing, we just were we were like we were like commentators at the time. We would tell you like we'd be naming like the fly cars and you know using the latest slang words, and actually you'd hear us say, name people who were popular in the streets, and we we kind of connected with Oakland, and in in return, we started adapting. Like you had these different things about Oakland that were great. You know, you got the East Bay Dragons, you got the Hell's Angels, and the East Bay Dragons are a, like a black motorcycle gang. Yeah, kind of a thing. It's like they're like the Black Hell's Angels, right? Yeah, that's and then like. you got um, and then all right. So then, how did you parlay from from just making local? Uh, you're basically just making local commercials for dudes. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, what happened was we the the special request tapes, the the, the custom tapes weren't that popular. They just kind of I can't imagine why not. A song about cause, Charlie because people didn't really want to spend the twenty bucks. So <laughs> oh, we yeah. we had a limited clientele for that. Right. And, Where you from? And the guys who did like it, you know, they wait about six months. Say, hey, can I get a new one or something? So it wasn't really. <laughs> I'm up to some new shit. I got I a different girlfriend. To, and the way that we made no, money. I update my tape. I want to bring you up to date on what I've been doing. I got a new job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New car. Uh, yeah, move, I'm up. Move, to, move, I no longer turf. have a Cadillac. I need you <laughs> yeah. to update this. I'm up to nine twenty-five an hour. Um, yeah, so we um uh, we basically um we kind of uh we would the way we made money is we would have to make new songs. So we'd have to find a new song a new beat to rap to right and the tapes that i was getting i was the, the hustle was pretty 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 simple i would go to radio shack was my spot back in the day radio shack yeah, sure I still radio shack radio sold 30 minute cassettes for dollar 99 for three cassettes okay. so for two dollars i could go in there i wasn't expecting to really sell the 20 dollar tapes but for two dollars every two dollars make us 15 bucks and that was our ratio so we go in there and probably spend ten dollars and get a get get um five three packs, and in a day or something we go around and sell those tapes and we just have pocket change. We do that every day. Some days we'd have more, some days we'd have less. But we and it was and it was fresh songs that wasn't about specific it dude. Would, it every was, time we had little nicknames for the cassettes, and this was our policy. Like seriously, we put out these songs, and we're like this this is a limited series. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna copy this tape until a certain point in time until we make a new one. And we're gonna just sell the last copy. Like we, I didn't save any of the copies. We sold everything. So oh, those, so those are lost to history. Yeah. So once I sold the last one, then our our policy was now it's time to make a new one. That series is over. And you don't have any masters of those. But people copied and dubbed them a million times over. Have you ever received any of them back? Yeah, they sound pretty shitty when you get them back. Yeah. But, but um, <clears throat> I feel like it's just this energy you put out there. I don't want it back. I don't want to hear it. I probably right. it probably sounds like a piece of shit. I don't know. But it was it was how we got our money and. It was always new with us. Like for four years straight, every time you saw us, two, every two, three weeks, we had a whole new 30-minute thingamajig. And it would be like, sometimes I would do the pause mix. Anybody remember the pause mix? No, no. <laughs> yeah, you got to hit pause right in the middle. You and hit pause like on the snare or something or like on an offbeat. Yeah. And then you start the record back and then you catch the same beat and you press pause. And the listener on the playback, you never knew we stopped it. So I could take a five-minute record and make it be a 15-minute record. Oh, by just, oh, just you looped. You would it basically loop make it. a loop. Like, we, we, didn't, it. We, we didn't have the loop back then. <laughs> you looped your own loop. So you're uh, doing when, like people do that now with YouTube. They put out a new YouTube video like every week. Dudes mm-hmm. also like, do that beat. shit on the street where they're like, hey, man, you into, you like hip hop? Oh, yeah. In New York, they do that constantly. You, that was, you Dude, started I, that. I would like to think they've come up to you not knowing who you are and been like, <laughs> my man, my man, my man, my man. You like hip hop? <laughs> Has that happened? I get a lot of I get I get a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, a lot I'm sure of, you do. All, all the above. Oh man, you must have so many garbage demos in your <laughs> in the back of your car. I used to listen to demos when it was uh, 
not so many. I right. listen to them, and we do the um, the freeway, get the freeway test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you throw it out on the freeway. <laughs> we only listen to demos on the freeway. Oh, you want to hear a demo story gone right? <laughs> uh, you know, let me clear my throat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude gave that to Chris Rock. A local dude gave uh, the dude. It was Fat Man Scoop. Gave it to Chris. Was like, I, I, I'm trying to get on with it. And Chris listened to it like accidentally, and then gave it to Rick Rubin, and then it became a big. And, and then Rick put him on. So guys, once in every ten million tries, this will work. Uh, I, have, I have a theory. My theory is that um, if you're up and coming, you should be the last person bragging on it. People, the people that know you, love you, fans, your, your up and coming fans should be the, should be talking about going, you. Man, have you heard? You know, yeah. That's how you know it's the truth. When the person tells me directly, I'm like, bullshit. Huh. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh uh, well, but but what do you make of you trying to sell tapes on the street? I mean, you were the you were the only person going. Like, I mean, it's not like we people- never solicited a tape ever. Every time we walked up, they knew we were coming from day one. We never ever had. We never went home with tapes. They always sold and out. And you never had beef in in other people's neighborhood. We were the rappers, man. We, you know, no, we, there were no rappers yeah, out there. Yeah, we were no the rappers. Yeah, all right, all right, this is what I wanted to ask. What you know how every dude on the street thinks he can rap now? Mm-hmm. What did everybody think they could do in 1983? What did every dude in the hood think he could do in 1983? Basketball, football. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, but the, you know what I mean, like B- uh, boxing. Just sport, yeah, no, that's athletic, what I say. Every stuff. every brother I know thinks he can rap and box. Yeah, rap. <laughs> rap was the rap was the new. I can do that. Were you the yeah? Oh, you the first? Were you and Freddie the first Oakland rappers? I probably would think that there was maybe one or two that that made an attempt before us, but nobody really made an impact. It was uh, a couple of guys put out records before us. That was huh. it was very motivational. It was a record called um, "Super Rat," and the guy's name was Motorcycle Mike. And they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like you get away with a name like it that. It was a drug, know, but... drug. I think this drug kingpin named uh, Mickey Mo had a uh, from from Twenty Third. He had put the um, the the label together for that. But then there was another guy named Steve Walker. He had a record out called Telly Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Telly Ho, right, so, motorcycle Mike. <laughs> so that, 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 they were they had made records before I could make a record, and they were from Oakland, but it was just like a one time thing. Right. For me. So then you started you selling out, selling out, selling out, and then and then what was the next step? And I, you know, I'm, I'm the house parties were a major factor. We used to DJ the rowdiest house parties in Oakland, like the house parties where you can't find a DJ to go to, and. Like a fight would break out. Oh, because they would be scared. You're saying, yeah, the, a fight would break out, and then the fight would be over, and everybody come back. You're like, where the fuck is the other speaker, man? Like the speaker. Oh, everybody, <laughs> they took the speakers. Shit like that. Those kind of fights. So just, just got better. Fight through the front door. Don't open the door and fight outside. Just fight through it. <laughs> you know? That's hilarious. And what did you? All right. So then, when did you become? When did you get signed? So here's the story. My rap partner. We get out of high school. Freddie B. Of course. The crack cocaine hits the streets and. It hits the streets real tough. My pretty much my class of eighty four classmates were were given this. If you're not the few that are going on academically, or the few, the really few that got some kind of sports scholarship, right? Then you got two choices: you're gonna be a crack dealer or a crack user. That pretty much was the makeover. In, this was in, the in, valedictorian in, speech because that's <laughs> pretty serious. In general, of of what I see, not that day, but in the long run, I look back and go, "Damn it!" I have an announcement to make uh, for those of you who won't be going on to college. In the inner cities, man, you know the crack thing. It, the way it came was like it came like um, it came like a freebasing was a 
yeah. e- exotic and wonderful in, right. in the early 80s. And they, and they packaged crack at first. It's like, hey, here's free basin economically. Everybody's like, oh, I could do it. So it was like a, a lure. It was a luring. It was like free your base, people that were Black super rich. Crack. Yeah, free basin was what the rich folks did. All right, right. It was like your tapes, man. Which they just started to spread through the hood. Everybody's <laughs> like, did you hear about this new economical yeah. crack stuff? So when I got out of, um, <clears throat> when we got out of high school, my rap partner, he guess he chose the trade. And he got, he ended and landed back in jail. And I um, I hooked up with these guys, 75 Girls Records. And they really wanted to be, the guy who owned 75 Girls Records, his name was Dean. He was like, he was like a cross between like fucking, like Jimi Hendrix and like fucking the pimp, the Mac or some were shit. They put, <laughs> were they putting yeah. out other music besides rap? Stuff? They were working on all this rock and roll shit when I met them. They had like he was a, a black dude? He was a black dude, uh-huh. yeah. He was from the projects, and he was a very, 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 very rich, rich, rich drug dealer. Okay. He had an 85 Benz, 85 Caddy, fleek full of cars in the driveway. His girls at his And house. this is in 1983. This he is, had these cars. I want to say how much money this guy had. This, this 85. He had concept cars. year after I got out of high school, I met this house, this guy, the girls walk around in their underwear, topless. It's just, that's just a way of life in this house. He's just... Right. He's just Basically, right. This was before everyone was a drug dealer too, so they were all flashy and interesting. This is when the Oakland Raiders and the Oakland A's and yeah. people would come up to the house and hey, let me get an ounce. This is when and pimps they, could be flaunted. Exactly. Flaunt shit. This is when pimps were like fancy and stuff like that. Yeah. All that, all those good days. Right. And basically, um I just um I ended up uh going solo. And the 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 way it all happened was right before I met the seventy five girls people. The guy who owns 75 Girls, his little brother used to be able to borrow the Cadillacs and he would come down off the big house on the hill and he would fucking like uh, like smoke this super expensive weed with us. And he like, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I've rapped too. And I got this stuff. And, you know, he's just one of those kind of guys that's just bragging and shit. He's like, yeah, you should meet my brother, meet my brother. And everybody knew who his brother was. So I'm like, okay, let's meet your brother. So we ride up there and he opens the door and he's like, yeah, what's up? I'll let y'all later. Bam! Slam the door in our face. <laughs> so we met his brother. Like that cool, was my family. That was so, Dean. <laughs> yes, Dean. Yeah. So um, we go to um, I, I got I got an opening act. This guy named Lionel B, who worked for Bill Graham, saw me on the bus, and he's like, "Hey man, you too short." And he's like, uh, "How would you feel about opening up the show for Bill Graham? We got a UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne coming to town. How would you feel like opening up the show?" He let me open the show. He gave me 300 bucks and let me do like about 15 I minutes. I love that he saw you on the fucking bus. AC Transit, man. I, that, and the only God way he knew I was, it. I had my hat on that said too short. That's so, so I didn't great. wear that hat that day. Did you have the dollar sign? You had the dollar Back sign. Then? Was, you branded funny. yourself perfectly you from the out. jump. And, I, and that, would you chalk it up to luck? I was a, I was a tagger too, man. I didn't I didn't do it. Were you really? Just, just black marker. I had to have a Sharpie 24-7. Everywhere I went, I wrote too short. That's I don't give a fuck where I was at. It's, it looks it's called marketing now, but back then it was just tagging. So um, <laughs> I think it's called tagging now. <laughs> no, it's still called tagging. Thank marketing you, now. Yeah, it's marketing. Yeah, a lot of guys get locked up for marketing. So you got a three hundred dollar gig, more money than you ever made for hip hop. Well, yeah, I was like, it was never about the money, really. It was just you know, just pocket change. Like it's more pocket, right, change in the pocket, whatever. So um. I get on stage. It's 1985. Like, were you probably, nervous? I think being nervous is like the little butterflies. That's kind of like a part of what, what you want to do. But you got to right. realize that I've already grabbed the mic at every day. Well, that's what I mean. Like, did, right. how, yeah, how could he be nervous after the fight out the front door party? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, but that's every what, party but we DJ, we rap. It's and good I, I rapped in front of so many people that the right. crowd and the moment is not the fear. It's like anxious. Like, give me the crowd. Let me get out there Yeah, now. probably so, must have felt a little bit easy in a weird way. 
like easier it, than like so it's look, organized so and you ever do you do shitty comedy shows and it's and then you're in like a real show and you're like oh this is great yeah exactly once you get a real crowd and you get the energy you can, you can yeah. work it a lot better so i i kind of um i got on stage i get 15 minutes i never had a record out in my life i got this little cassette tape that i want them to play that's got like three songs on it i'm gonna go through really fast and i get up there and i start rapping and it was a matinee show and it was a nighttime show and the earlier show probably was like it was at the Henry J. Kaiser back before the Oakland right. Auditorium. And the early show was probably like three, 4,000. And it was like a lot of kids and stuff. And, and I kind of kept it clean and did a little different version of the show. And it rocked the crowd. And they were like, cool, cool. But the night show. What were your songs about? It was like Blowjob Betty, stuff like that. Okay. Familiar? She licked my dick. Up, up and, and down, down like, like it was going on the cob. <laughs> Shit like that. It was, like it, that was it was all dirty. It was all explicit. And this is before you were that's like a famous N- song. I've never been in the studio in my life, just only like in the room. Uh, with some shit that looked like the shit you got But, but right Blowjob Betty is tr- is truly, I mean, <coughs> you it's know. It's a classic. That's a true classic. You know, you know, Athens has oh, uh, my, Socrates talking about shadows Mike on the wall. <laughs> Oakland has Blowjob Betty. My buddy Mike wanted to ask you if you knew all of the curse words. Because that's his song, Curse Words. Oh, Curse Two Shorts. Words. Oh, 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 oh. I don't, I don't know if I know the whole song. Yeah, I don't know. I know Motherfucking the f- shit, goddamn asshole. asshole. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that's that right. based on the Carlin bit, or you just like thought you had your own version of it? No, I just wanted to say, how, how many curse words could I say in a row? <laughs> right. Well, and then, you know what they, I always, the, the lyric that always stuck out to me as a young man, and this was again in the early 80s, and I had your, I had Life is Too Short on vinyl, uh-huh. and, but the song was, uh, she licked, who, you know who was licking his dick up and down like it was corn on the cob was Nancy Reagan. Yeah. No oh, is that true? <laughs> it was the straight up. Oh, good for you, Good for you. I mean, for you. Yeah, it was. Would that be accurate? <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you, if you said that about a, Michelle Obama, uh, or, or even like Bush's wife, he'd probably get. Oh you know, yeah, you'd be you know, in real trouble. Guantanamo base. So that was yeah, that was like the Wild West back. But then. we were shocked. I mean, we were, that was so <laughs> so great. But we were like, oh shit, because uh, my my mom was deaf, so we would listen to the her, your records with my mom sitting why right is, there. Why is that funny? Uh, no, it is no, it's funny. funny <laughs> There's it's nothing funny. funnier because moms we, are supposed to be able to hear. We would be, we would be blaring. You know <laughs> we would be blaring your music. Got a deaf and my mom. mom, my mom would be like, I like the bass in this song. Oh man. Hey, so, um, so that's what I was telling you, man. I, I I jumped on stage in front of all these people. I sing these songs that I don't, you know, I don't know what to expect. It's right. like the lights are dark and the spotlights on me, and it's probably like seven thousand people at the night show, and the entire crowd sang every song. Who are you? Word for word, they already knew your shit. Words, everything, and after that, it kind of like changed my whole my whole life. The the guy who slammed the door in our face was like calling, like bring him back over. How like, did they was, know your your songs? From all the tapes in the from streets. The tape. That's crazy, really? man. Wow. That's really cool. Was UTFO, far, like, who the fuck? Every show I did, probably 85, 86, 87, up until around 88, every show I did, people were like, dude, who the fuck are you? Like, I, <laughs> Yeah, I would I, think so. I've had Russell Simmons and Leo and all these guys like, what the fuck was that that you just did? Where did you come from and how do they know you? Like, I did that a lot. That yeah, I bet. Weird. Was that, well, that feeling must have been exhilarating, like, oh, I'm, I've jumped to some new level. Well, the, the surprise look on the other act's face yeah. is better than rock, yeah. is better than rocking the crowd. That's Would funny. you be humble beforehand and just like I'm just blessed to be with you, brother? And I <laughs> want to just put on a good show before and, and after. Yeah, that's before hilarious. and after. And um, and I didn't I didn't talk a lot of shit. I didn't brag a lot, but I really, 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 I really got a kick out of looking at the list and seeing my name is like one of the earlier acts. I'm yeah, like, like whoever goes on after me. 
That's all bad for oh, you. Oh, it's like that James Brown thing. We were just yeah. <laughs> watching that, uh, what was it? The Tammy Show. The, the Tammy Show. You ever see that performance of James Brown? And the Rolling Stones were in the wings, like, <laughs> sweating bullets. Like, They're we like, can't we follow can't this. follow this. He's killing. Kill. I mean, I mean just fucking destroying. And he did uh, lick my dick up and down. Yeah, he sure did. Lick my dick up and down. Uh, and then when did you get where, Were you on Arista Or am I making that up No it, it was a connection between uh, I was on Jive Oh that's what you Jive, were You were on Jive Jive's yeah. parent company Was RCA when I signed Right but Prior to that It was Arista Okay so, did you, But we're right, not so there yet did, right? Yeah we're so not 75 there 75 girls he, Dean called you back Yeah he, he took me up there And, and uh, I mean he, he brought me into like a world where I, I look at it like I was 19 years old And I hung around there For a couple of years And it really felt like college to me you know right we got a lot of we got it's my first time going into a professional studio working with professional musicians the dude had a studio in his house or he had no, we, a- we were going to different firms in san francisco they had a, like the it was the real deal the real deal and, you how know, did you make the uh the beats and stuff in the real studio he had all the he had all the equipment at his house just like you would have your keyboard but you had machines. like 808s and stuff or we didn't have an 808 yeah we had a lindrum which happened to be the best drum machine at that time it was supposed to be so accurately sounding like a real drummer but you know um he had the best equipment. Like, he had all that shit with the guitar pedals that changed the sound of the guitar. Like, shit. Yeah. Like, he wanted to be a rock star. This guy would sit around and hold a guitar and just, like, for a picture. <laughs> like, he uh-huh. didn't play. Like, <laughs> like he, he surrounded himself by everybody who could make music. He's like, yeah, I'm the boss. And he, and it was, it, was a, it was a real, like, cocaine environment where most of the musicians were like, you know, they played with so-and-so, but they had, like, some kind of... I would assume they all played with Sly Stone. At some point, <laughs> like that's got to be like the was, Oakland guy. Like you know, I play the slide. Yeah, people from Larry Graham, people yeah. from uh, Rick James. Yeah, uh, that's who I was gonna get. Tower Power or whatever. Yep. You know, I was just I, I was just like musicians. Like Oakland is a the Bay is a very musician oriented area to right. this day. We got a lot of young musicians in the Bay right now. And back then, and we you know, it was you know guitar players and drummers and keyboard players were around. So I I kind of got California. I got schooled in the studio. With like you know real musicians who really right. had you know gold records hanging at home and stuff. So, right. I, you know, like one guy used to be around us. Um, he used to be in the Dramatics. He was one of the you know groups like that kick members out and, and add members like it's nothing. So he had a run with the Dramatics. They had you know they had huge hits. Right. Outside in the rain, all that stuff, and and he was just like, man, my little flash went so fast. <laughs> he was like, he was like, dude, whatever you do, enjoy it, have fun. Be humble, you know, because you get cocky and you and you, and you, and you get and angry. It feels like maybe you listen to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I always remember to enjoy it because I see a lot of people. I, I pass it on too. I'm like, you running around here mad at everybody backstage and all this shit. Shit ain't right. But you need to just kick back and enjoy the career because you never. You've know. arguably had the longest career of anyone I mean, in hip hop history. I mean, for is, real, like in terms of relevance. No, it is pretty. I mean, it's L- fucking L- like weird. LL, what it is. <laughs> LL, but he doesn't really rap anymore. Yeah. Like Ice T, a, a, a lot I of guess. people span it out. But what I like to say is that over the the span of the twenty plus years that I've been doing it, it's been consistently. It's not been like anywhere like a five year, seven year. Yeah. Break or you know, because Dr. Dre is making records before me, and he doesn't really make records that fast. Right. Like right, I was sure. putting out an album every nine, 10, 11 months, new album, new album, new album. Yeah. And what uh, would, what your, you, would you say your big, your breakout album was life is too short? Yeah. Because born to Mac is the local album that we did after 75 girls was over. I made an album called born to Mac and kind of took all the elements of what I had learned selling tapes, being around 75 girls. I learned how to manufacture and mix and master and do the stuff and, and distribute the records. And we just took the game that we got from Dean and we applied it ourselves. 
And we started making a lot of money, and that's how Jive. They got make money the old-fashioned way. That's how Jive got a hold of us. Right. Yep, they they got wind of it. It was getting really big. We selling a lot of copies up in Northern California. And how much of the how much if you sell a if you sell a record for ten bucks, how much are you keeping? Oh, we were one hundred percent. That's we, great. Yeah, we had. So when you signed with Jive, did you have some? You came yeah, to the we table. Did, we did, we had way more money than they gave us. Like we didn't really. But did you say like you, you had you were able to get a favorable deal because you kind of didn't yeah, we, need them? You know, we got a shitty deal, and basically it was just we just wanted national fame. We didn't know shit about contracts right. and shit. We probably could have stayed independent and been you know Tech Nine kind of Sir Mix a lot kind of you mm-hmm. know. But right. But I don't think it would have ever been the too short of today without that major right. Label. Well, right. That single in particular, "Life Is Too Short," was like. That changed everything. And so I got I got to jive. They got they picked up Born and Mac. They fucking put it out there. No posters, no video, no commercials, no ad, nothing. Just threw it out there. And what had already sold probably like sixty thousand copies sold another two hundred. And in the music industry, to executives, they're thinking we work hard to sell to push an album gold, and and they just do a couple hundred thousand copies after we push it a lot. This fucker just sold two hundred thousand without lifting a finger. Who is he? Yeah, that's right. the theme of your early career is yeah. people saying, "Who are you?" As you outsell them. So I make the next album. Life is too short. I say to myself, "Oh shit, I got a national audience." What's the cover of Life is Too Short? Is it outside it's a or cemetery. it's a white? I'm yeah, sitting in front right. of a tombstone. Yeah, and I say to myself, "I get, I get it, get it. Life's too short." He's in it. That's great. Right. You do get it. Good. Good work. Yeah. Everybody get it. We're all. Are we all on the same page on this, guys? Was your name on the on the? Grave? If you're driving, Mark. No, it's, it's, it's called. It says Sucker MC. Oh, that's right. That's right. If you're in <laughs> a car, right. pull over and really think about the cover. Life is too. Life short. is too short. Thank yeah. you. All right. It's actually, great, it's actually a great cover. It's like no, a, it it's a pretty cover. iconic cover. No, that's why I'm saying that. No, I remember. I'm in the graveyard, standing over a dead rapper's grave. Yeah, who you ostensibly killed with your lyrics. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yes. Listen, you nothing. Wait, 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 wait. Park the car. Park the car again. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. All so right. that single came out, and just that was it. And the album drops. Life is too short. I kind of, you know, I, it's the sophomore thing where they're like, you know, you're up to bat for the second time. Right. What are you gonna do? You're gonna flop. And I just, you know, I just hit a home run. I, 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 I put. They put the album out, and three weeks after it came out, it had already sold probably like three hundred thousand copies. They still hadn't ran an ad. Still right. didn't have video. Still, yeah, and and the song started taking off. They're like, I remember the conversation. They were like, "Dude, you gotta shoot a video." And I'm like, "No, I, I want to be an underground rapper. I don't want videos and stuff." And like, "No, you gotta do the video." This is in '89, '90, '91. This is like now '89 now. Yeah. All right. '88, '89 somewhere. And um, they talked me into it. They're like, "Dude, the record's huge. It's fucking huge. You gotta do this shit." And we put out the um, we shot the video, which basically was like everybody's first hip hop video. You just get a camera and go around your hometown and get right. Everybody. Best car, best car, you know, have him drive by five times and wins over the city. We do like that. I get a phone call one day from uh, Easy E called and he's like, um, what <laughs> exactly? <laughs> and he wants he wants me to be the, uh, one of the supporting acts on his tour, which I got to slot the solo phone. tour or Compton. That's a good tour. Straight yeah, out that of is company. definitely yeah. a good tour. So I was the act that got to go on right before NWA, and when I went on tour, the single had pushed the album to like gold. So I was out there like, kind of popping my collar. I'm like, yeah, I'm a gold artist, and I got a gold plaque. I was, I was feeling like somebody. And we got on tour. We did all these cities for like three months, and by the time we got to the end of the tour, 
I had sold 800,000 copies, and there was a rumor out that I got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you've blown up. When you get murdered, yeah, that's, that's just I like... got murdered. They had a couple of little, you know, little ceremonies for me. It was, it was uh, <laughs> different stories. I OD'd in the crack house. I got shot in the head. It was just like, you know, accident. How did you find out that you'd been murdered? Uh, My mother. Your mom? Oh, that's terrible. She, she really called. Say, are you alive? And you were like, no, mom, I'm not. How was the How was the NWA tour? Because that was the first. I mean, that wasn't the first hip hop arena tour. The Run DMC was. It could have been called the horror tour. We were rock stars. We just were fucking horrors. That's all we did. Did you outshine NWA? I did. Uh, <laughs> did you heard it here first? Folks. I heard it here first. I did by a long shot. Why they just didn't have a show together? No, not outshine them on the stage. They That's what I meant. Great show. No, I outshine them at the after parties, getting the bitches. Oh, 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 oh look, no one, look, short. No one's question. We wouldn't have even asked you about look, that. Short, we thought please. that was obvious. Yeah, we short. knew that. Yeah. It's like fucking. Come on. Now, what, what you know what though? In, in defense of Easy E, he he did get the most girls, no doubt about it. Oh, okay, no and good thing that didn't bite him in the ass. Oh, at stop. The end. Okay, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Now look. I wanted to go there, but I decided not to. No, you have to. Um, oh, brother. Hey. Uh, okay. and, uh, yeah, they had fun doing it. Uh, so, wait. So, uh, th- that was what I wanted to ask you about. What kind of venues were you doing? <clears throat> Arenas. Jesus. What was the separation between Shorty the Pimp, the character, and... and state. And... What's that? Nothing. And and and, and you, the man. Like I mean, state. how much of it? How much of that? The 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 pimping and the the girls. How much of it is real and how much of it is too short? Character. My character, man. It's like it's like you know. That's why I put like humor in it. It gets it gets foul at times, but it makes you laugh. It uh, it has a lot of stories and stuff, and it's really like a character that I I look back and wonder why the fuck was I not writing books at the same time? Like you know what I'm saying? And I should have been doing cheesy ass movies and all kind of shit. I just wasn't. I was such a music man that I couldn't think to do that at the time. But it's just a character I made. And I never really, like, did interviews and tried to be in character during mm-hmm. the interviews. You know, like Chuck G do Humpty Hump or something. Sure, yeah. I never did that. And I kind of just uh, would always say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Like, you know, name's Todd Shaw. <laughs> just, right. just, just a rapper wrote stuff. And, and just keep it real. In but, right but in real life, though, I did have my share of days of, like, Exercising my Playboy status, I, I did go there. Yeah, well, let's go there. Well, uh, well I would like to say, <laughs> want to hear some stories, man. I've heard uh, my, the great Dave Chappelle said that he uh, saw you at one of his shows mm-hmm. with the uh, the his words, the one of the baddest bitches I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> well, I mean, look, let's, let's let's his words, not mine. His words, yeah. Let's hey. Uh, yeah, let's you want to go? Yeah, you wanna, please. I mean, you know. To, how much? Uh, just well, you have some. What's the freakiest thing that you've ever done? <laughs> it's like this too well, short. Let's just say that Short did bring a nice young lady with him, very beautiful. Um, and, yeah, I'd and put maybe, her, maybe I he would, does or does not want to tell these stories. I would right put now. her in the running for one of the baddest bitches I've ever. I, I would not refer to her in such I'm terms. Listing you, I would say a young lady. Why are you mad dogging me? <laughs> That's too short right now. So, you know, but hey, yes, give us some good stories of the, the freaky tales, <laughs> the real freaky tales. Uh man, we got like a lot of errors of things that have happened in life, but you know, I, <laughs> I, I, um, I've been through a lot, man. I've been through a lot, 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 lot. I've really, I've really, um, I think it all started, like there was this, this period of years I call the horror years. And I've actually had years, years and stretched where it weren't horror years and then went back and had more horror years. So I've done that. 
<laughs> yeah. So the first horror years kind of started. Um, <laughs> it started um, on the NWA tour. The first night of the tour was Nashville, Tennessee, and there was a chick. Do not ask me why I remember her name, but her name was Mary, and she was like older than most of us guys who were on the tour. But she ended up on the bus, and somebody was like, "Show us your vagina, show us your pussy, show us." And she's showing. I'm I'll give you money if anyone said oh, vagina did not happen. Yeah. If anyone said vagina, I, I, that's on the, one of my favorites. No, no, no. There's always, NWA is no like, "Will you show way, me like, your vagina, yeah. please?" Yeah. I've always used that word. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, well then there you go. I, I've always told girls, "Your vagina is amazing." Yeah, <laughs> well, it makes them feel res- it makes them feel respected. Am I right? Yeah, makes not them feel not why you're fucking. Ooh, some good vagina, no, but no, no, no. But as an artwork, it's like yeah. Wait, but is every name in Freaky Tales based? On a real person, some of it's based on stories. All the names are fake. Though. Have you ever just, had a woman come back to you and say, "Motherfucker, that was me. I know that was." There is me. one that was true though. The TP treatment is true. Well, well, how did that go? That was a girl's initials, and she was like superhead before superhead. Oh yeah, she was yeah. famous in Oakland. She was the first superhead. Okay, so you're wait, wait, the, back you're, to Mary. Yeah, I got to get back to Mary. Yeah, Mary, well, please. Chick Mary jumps on the tour bus, shows everybody her vagina. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a pussy back then. That's yeah, how long ago it was. This was. A long time ago. And then she she commences to uh, start knocking them down one by one. You 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 know it's the same rock story, but she kind of set the, the tempo. We get we drive the tour bus back to what the hotel. What part of the bus are you in? You're the in the front, front area, the, the very front, and it's Easy E. No, it's just Rosa every, Parks. Everybody had their own. Everybody had their own bus. <laughs> 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 right, he was in his bus. bus. She was. In it was bus. my bus. Oh, you had your own bus. Good for you. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It was a short bus. Hit the short bus. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. No, bang, no helmets. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so we get back to the hotel, and everybody's like, I want her, I want her, I want her. Because it's the first night. We didn't really. You didn't realize we, what, what feast you were going to yeah, be. We, we didn't have yeah, group yeah. experience. We didn't know that there was like, you know, a rock star tour. So she pretty much went through all of the Too Short entourage, all of the NWA entourage. She, everybody the next day was high fiving, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that gave us the energy she to know. Wh- who got first? I actually went first. Very good. Good for you. Great. By, by default, though, because my boy was the one who was manipulating her, and I was just smart enough to go, okay, I'm watching him. He got her, like, leading her to the room, and I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. And right when they open the door, I run in and close the door. Uh, this <laughs> and poor, then, and then poor we opened, Mary. we opened the curtains and made everybody watch. Poor like, Mary. What is it? She, Mary's working her way down on, like, a little I, I will never forget. And- I will never forget, because I, I kind of went on about my business and heard about the folklore of what happened the rest of that night. But I do remember um, the next morning going to my cousin's room who was on tour with us, and she was in the room taking a bath. And he was taking a bath with her. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so romantic. Hilarious. That's He's hilarious. like, tell me about all my homies that you fucked. No, you know, what's, you know what's hilarious is he, your cousin probably didn't know. He probably he thought he was the only yeah, one. He thought he was like, I'm romantic. This, I'm a, I'm a what, fuck around. I'm a wife, Mary. I'm a wife this bitch up. <laughs> and meanwhile, she's got like fucking oh. easy E stain on her dress. Yeah, and so that, was, that was like... Um, feeding, you know, blood to like a shark or to something. NWA, to all of us. So the next, whatever the next city was, it probably was Memphis. We had the appetite. We're like, you know, Easy East implemented this part of his show where he goes. He breaks it down. There's no music playing. He's like, yeah, because I'm something, something back at the Holiday Inn, and he would say his fucking room number, <laughs> and people would just show up. Man, every. Dude, I I call I used to call it the pussy supermarket. That's why I, I kind of bring that back every now and then. That's funny, but it was that's what it was like. Okay, you here's a question. Call it the vagina supermarket, <laughs> the, the hotel lobby. Uh, <laughs> the do you have market. more pride in uh, vagina you got before you were famous or vagina you got because you were famous? Definitely. 
because, not before. before okay. I mean, you were 14. Before, before I was like practice. Right. I was just, you know, working it out. But I had some hot chicks before, but it was before. Like you had a hot chick before. And that's like your girlfriend. You'll be with her for like a long. Yeah. That's like it's like your girlfriend. You're not gonna get. A- yeah, that's funny when you realize the age where you realize like, oh, you can. You don't have to date a hot girl. <laughs> you can just fuck her once. <laughs> I didn't. Re- it took me. Yeah. I was like Lavish in my life, nigga. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in my 30s before I realized. Like, wait a minute. If a girl's fine, doesn't mean I have to. Just date her forever? Moe's just giving me his white liberal look right oh, now. Oh, no. I've had sex with many, many women. I mean, I get it. I just, you know. <laughs> I, I just pre- I pretend that I'm evolved. That's yeah, what yeah, I do. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, was there anything scary? What's the scariest shit that ever happened to you on tour? or in, Did anything ever really freak you out? A lot, a lot of weird stuff happened. Um, I remember one night we, uh, I used to always, I, I was always kind of slick with my money and just t- how to, like, not be... You know, predictable and what I'm doing because we deal with a lot of cash sometimes. So I would, uh, it was wild nights, and I would always get this extra room. The extra room was for two things. One, it was a safe haven if, if things had kind of got too popular in the other rooms yeah. where we're at. So I would have all this room and always be on a different floor and away from the crowd. I specifically requested that from the road manager. The room was for the stash, and we would have this safe that we travel with that we full of like checks and 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 cash that we you know because we convert and who has the combo you and the tour manager it'd probably be me and maybe one of my other boys who i'm okay. trusting and we and you know one particular night we just go to check on the stash we've been wilding out all night we go to just check on it just to just check on the room and the fucking door is open oh and shit. it's this chick in the room it's mary it's <laughs> mary just, it's taking a bath it's again spooky. she's sucking the the, the safe's dick <laughs> chick's spooky. in the room serious as fuck she's in the room she got a white dress on she's nowhere near the money but she's still in shit and she's got some shit in her hand. She's about to like take some items and and leave. And we're like busted. And then she's like, oh, oh, oh my God. I was you know, trying to talk her way out of it. We're like, it sounds like the beginning of a porno. It is. <laughs> you look like a cute guy. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, the, the down. A lot of these stories, I, I try not to see dicks. In- oh. Well, I learned my lesson. I, I had a pretty, pretty girlfriend. It was so traumatizing. I remember I was at, I was in Dallas, Texas. You she called was, her, baby. I miss she, you so much. She right looked what this girl was stealing. We had to do something. <laughs> so she was real hot and she got really drunk. And then my guys are like real rough. They're like really fucking rough. I'm I'm supposed. It was to be, my turn. I'm supposed to be the one that's like that appears to be like that. Yeah. But I'm I'm more yeah. like sensitive to the chicks how they feel and, and yeah. making sure they're okay. Well, you're the one that's going to get sued. It, so exactly. that's smart. So, <laughs> so my boy is like, man, your bitch want to fuck all of us. I'm like, no, she don't. He's like, watch. And he's like, messing with she's drunk. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's go fuck her. So I take one of my buddies, and I'm like, you know I'm going first. <laughs> so so I go first. And I'm being easy. I'm doing it, blah, blah, blah. So I let him I let him get in there, and I'm, I'm getting head while he's fucking her. And he like, tries to go Superman dingo hard, and I st- <laughs> That's how that I she, fuck. That's how we fuck, right? With yeah. dingo hard. She bit my dick so hard. That just it just kind of just fucked me out of the whole situation. I can't. There's no way you can get head while he's fucking like that. He's a wild man. He's loving to have my, my pretty girl. So I just tap out of it and I just kick back and just watch him just like have the fucking of his lifetime. I'm like, okay, this is what we won't be doing in the future. <laughs> with so your girlfriend or with yeah. the safe girl? No, she was just she was just a this fun girl. girl. Still, oh, okay. this is a new girl. We're, okay. We've now. Still, did it ever feel like? Are you like a religious guy at all? 
Did you grow up religious? Yeah. I went, to, I went to Catholic school. Okay. Did you ever... So you must have been like... Because I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I don't have anything like that. And there's points where I'm like, this is this is too much. <laughs> like, you must have been like, what? I can't... I'm Man, never I'm coming, not with that, all right? I'm never coming back from this morally. Yeah, I left on that tour. It was uh, whatever day of week, week it was, a Thursday night, whatever it was. My girlfriend went to the airport with me. I was like, kissed her, said, I love you. I'll call you later. Never talk to her again. To start the NWA tour. Oh, you mean you jumped into the pool of moral I sort never, of perversions. I never, never talked to her what? again. Interesting. And she used to page me. I paged her all day and night, just guilt trip. I was like, it was just torture. That's how and, I, you, and you wouldn't, she, you just wouldn't hit her back? It was my girlfriend. We had been together like two years. Like, what could I say? I've been slutting around for the last week. That's why I didn't call you. I just, I just tapped out. What are your thoughts on love now? Um, if love. You, if you got it, good luck. You know, what I mean, I, do you I believe in it for yourself. I believe in it. I believe I've been in it, yeah. but I don't believe in chasing it. You <laughs> 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 got nails stuck. No, I love the idea that you never called her. I fucking love. I'm like hung up on. Well, that. I get it though because you. No, I get sweet, it too. This sweet innocent thing, and then you yeah. went into the dirty, dirty underbottom yeah. of. Uh, you were on. You were literally. You weren't proverbially on tour with NWA. You were on, on tour, tour with, with NWA. NWA. Yeah, I was we've gone. all done that fade out thing. You just kind of no, no, fade but out. I've never not <laughs> called a girl again. Oh, never I, going like I I'm have. going a girlfriend of two years. Oh, that's, yeah, like, that's pretty intense. That's All cold. right, baby, and then you just, there's that's well. You crazy. know what? We've got a surprise for you, too short. She's, <laughs> She's one in. of our listeners. Come on Let's out. bring her on. Uh, okay, so Damn, so that's a cold ass honky. <laughs> so do you? Have a, She's still kind of mad at me about that too. Oh, you have got found her? Yeah, I mean we're we're, we're kind of friends. We got over it, but she's still like. Fucking shit you do. She has a she has a great point. So you come back from tour from NWA and now what do you what's next? Shorty the Pimp? Is that the next album? Short Dogs in the House. Short Dogs in the House, right. And yeah. Ice Cube quit NWA and did a solo album with the producers of uh The Bomb Public Club. Enemy, yeah. yeah. And then he went on a tour and I went out with him because on the NWA tour, Ice Cube was pretty much my close homie, closest homie on the tour. And I was kinda like in his in his support, like, you know, supporting him and he was like, What should I do? And I'm like, dude, you got a Suzuki Samurai. I got a Mercedes Benz. I got the Benz off tour because hmm. I only had to pay me. Right, like, right. You got the Suzuki because you had to split the money five ways. What are you going to do? So like, you're the one who did it. You're the one who broke into it. No, no. He he wanted, He was mad because they came back and bought houses and they bought um new Corvettes and stuff. Right. And then him and MC Ren didn't get anything. And WH. But it wasn't, but wasn't, what's that? Niggas without houses. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Thank you. The comedy team is too short and dumb time. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, so, uh, so, but he was doing most of the writing for NWA anyway, he right? He probably wrote most of Easy E's words. Yeah. And Dre, Dre didn't write either, so. Right. So you get back and, well, Short Dogs in the House is probably, like, that's that's got, so many classics on it. That yeah. is such a great I mean, album. That was, I had more fun on that tour than on the NWA tour uh-huh. because now we're like seasoned veterans. We're still in horror season, but we know how to do it now. And at this point... You, what And what kind of venues? Same thing, arenas. It was, it was some of the same venues. You and Q were doing arenas? Yeah, we did it. Jesus Christ. And in those days, how, how money. Had, we both had platinum albums. And was it co-headlining? Yeah. Oh, that's good money. So some nights he go and laugh, some nights I oh, go and laugh. Oh, that's very good We had money. a hot song out together at the time. It's called uh, Bitch Ain't Nothing But A Word. It was, it was a big Yeah, deal. sure. And then that was around the time, was that around the time when you formed the you know who my op- You know who my opening act was? We had, we had a deal. You bring one act, I bring one act. He brought Yo-Yo. Yep. 
I brought Kid Rock. Really? That was my opening. Kid Rock yeah. used to sell tapes out of his car, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I produced some songs on his first album. Like, we were both on Jive. It's like 92 or something? This was 91, 92. Yeah, 91. Interesting. Yeah. So would he would he do all right? Yeah, how did he do? It was doing good. He had a hype man. His hype <clears throat> man was called the Black Man, and they jump around, do some stuff. And he had the he had the moose high top face. Did he had that little, yeah. that little guy with him? The little guy wasn't around yet. Oh, yeah, man. If you're Kid Rock, if you're a white dude opening for Too Short and Ice Cube, you have to have a black hype man. Just yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you got to have some, something. Yeah, literally name, don't show name up. Name the black man. Yeah, the black. You don't even need to further. <laughs> yeah, he can't. No, he's the black man. And he he says you're, I'm you're doing the black guy. Problems? Speak to the black man. Because I'm a black guy, right? You like to approach the stage black man will hear all of your queries uh so you started to formulate dangerous crew around then too right yeah the dangerous crew we started on uh freaky tales when we got to deal with john that was all dangerous music dangerous crew and and who was amp banks and uh who well at first the dangerous crew was just me (laughs) you were the dangerous crew (laughs) it was you and it was amp banks it was spice one right yep it was uh i had a rapper named goldie another guy father dom goldie in the land of funk exactly father dom had a pretty good album uh, I will say that that you and, and E40, and we're going to get into your album with E40, which is super exciting. You guys did an album together. You and E40 are, are, are known as, as the, the guys that put the bay on the map, but Spice One is, I think, the, the, the best the best less known MC out of the bay. I mean, he's so damn good, and people don't really know who he is. I hear anymore. people talk about him. Well, he had a, he had a, um, he just had a, like, you know, like the game of life is, a, life is a chess game, you know? He just kind of made a couple of wrong moves. Like, he came in the game. With um, with like people attached to him, uh-huh. like he didn't get that little lucky lesson I got from Dean and seventy five girls and got to walk away clean. The people who dealt with him at first owned everything in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he never got out of that. Like they kind of like it kept like wherever it went to next. They still he had to pay the last people and it just you know when he was selling big units, it, the money wasn't going out of him. Would you agree? I mean, is that of the guys that you've worked with over the years who didn't blow up super big? Do, who do you think is the best MC? That didn't blow up? That didn't blow up. He's, I, well, I think Spice One blew up. He had a good career. He did, I, yeah. I, especially in the Bay, he was big. I mean, he had some great... He, Spice One's really good. For the listeners, check him out. 187 Proof is great. And, and Do you consider yourself a great rapper? Nah, not really. I just think I'm... I think mine is the, um, it's the, the punchlines. And some, right. some of them are funny. And some of them just, you know, just make you go, ooh, a little bit. And I kind of... I know good music, how to mix and master and... And how to, you know, my trick, my main trick was um, the 808. And I just, right. I just, Big I just bass. knew how to, I knew how to make the bass go just barely enough for you to fuck your speakers up. Just, you better right. be careful when you're playing some too short. That's, that was my thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, <laughs> tell me something I don't know. I want to hear that. Remember MC Breed? Sure, yeah. There was a guy named Leroy who hooked up MC Breed and kind of, the deal kind of went bad. And, you know, Breed would, rest in peace, MC Breed, he would say that Leroy kind of fucked over him. And then this chick, uh, Georgette, who uh, first put Spice One out, Spice One would be like, man, Georgette, fuck me over. Georgette and Leroy got married. <laughs> That's funny. And fucked over a lot of other artists. And their vows were like, I've, we <laughs> yeah. do vow to, to fuck over all of the gangster rappers to see come you forever until death do us part. Do you promise to hate, fuck what? over, and love this bitch? <laughs> um, do you, okay, let's go. As a guy who's been... What are the what would you what what's like the ten rap commandments like what were things that were because you seem to be analytical enough to know like that's where you fucked up that's where you fucked up that's where you fucked up well so it's a you know it's a rule rules in the industry that don't really necessarily have to go hip hop but hip hop is a uh, you know definitely like on, on the come up you gotta like uh, 
it's it's a, it's like a uh, like a small town or something. Everything you say will be held against you. Like you you can't hide from what you do. So hip hop makes you stand up on everything. That's why we're so hell bent on. Is he real? Is he fake? Is he real? Is yeah, he fake? Yeah. You gotta you gotta if even if you're making up some fake shit like like this chick walked up to me once and said uh she said uh man I you know I love you I love you she was a prostitute she's like oh, I love you I love you you such and this and that and then she was saying some crazy shit and I'm like well you know I just rap about pimping that I really don't have any hoes and she's like what <laughs> she was like you see that nigga over there that's my pimp. He's a real pimp. Then she started talking all loud. She started talking shit. ain't no real pimp. <laughs> well, hip hop is, is, is strangely obsessed with the people saying being real. Like you, yeah. You so, to- so I just say in this in this industry, just lay it on the table. They had the controversy Rick Ross with the right. Are you a personal yeah. officer or whatever? Right. I mean, whatever it was, if it was me, I would just step them and say, Yeah, I was. No, I wasn't. Whatever. You know, just that's just how you get past all the the, the BS and in, in, in the you know the scrutiny of hip hop. And I just. I think um, uh, if you really want to know the real shit, like it's not really like really relevant right now, but it was always was like you got to be original. <laughs> like right. That, yeah. Like it's that's kind of went out the window right now because you can mimic somebody's voice and the same subject and damn near the same beat and you get a hit too and everybody like you and not notice it, not even care that you were a carbon copy. But that was always a good thing in, in hip hop was originality. Always a good thing. Can we ask you about beef that you have, may or may not have had in the past? I haven't had a lot of uh, enemies, but I mean, the one that only got publicized was probably like the Loonies. The Loonies and Drew Down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the beefs that we had that weren't publicized, because like, we, we come with that Oakland swag, and it's like, if you start, we catch wind of like, you want to have a beef, then we send over a message swag. like, you know, this is not going to be a rap battle, right? Right. It's going right. to be horrible. So yeah. that we just leave it at that. And we just like, and really, there have been some beefs that we were involved in, but. That nobody really. Thank God, I was not famous in my young days during social media. Oh yeah, oh, right, right. I wouldn't be here right now. Right, because people, everybody's just talking shit about everybody now, right? I mean, just the shit that happened. If social media would have got a hold get of us off story. Twitter. Did you mean it when you <laughs> retired the first time, or was that just trying to sell more records the next? No, nah, that was just a play on the numbers, man. I was, I just turned thirty. It was the tenth album. It was something that when I looked at the numbers, I was like. 30-year-old rapper, hot album, 10th album. Like, it just sounded what like... What year was that? was like 97? 96. Yeah. And I, um, it sounded like a good... We, we we really were renegotiating the contract. It was the last album on the contract. If I could have that whole moment back, I would never re-sign the Jive Records. <laughs> like, I really would. That was a... a Why real, did you, oh, you would have gone independently. Because right after that, they signed Britney, NSYNC, Backstreet. Oh, right. And they were like, hey, hip-hop. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thank All right, you. let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go through some rappers, and uh, you tell us what you think of them. Let's. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Tupac. <laughs> Tupac was uh, really. Um, he was really everything that he portrayed himself to be. At times, he was like this quiet kind of dude who would only talk about intellectual stuff. Other times, he was like party with a glass of Hennessy, a Newport cigarette, and a blunt burner at the same time. And just women around, and then other times he was thought he was like a fucking gangbanger or something, and just you know just whatever he was he was a poet he was all this stuff. But you would if you were around long enough. I didn't hang around Tupac a lot, but I've been around him a lot. And right. A lot of the the guys who work with me, Pee Wee, Shorty B, keyboard uh, guitar players, they also play with Digital Underground. So they that's who would always bring Pac around my career. Right. right. And he was just um, I mean he was that kind of guy, man. He like he, he kind of. You kind of 
would look at him and go, this dude's about to get into some shit. Like, you just, you just knew it. He had a shootout right. with the cops. Well, he, That's fucking crazy. He, he had a shootout with the cops. That like, he won. The th- he, yeah. won. he won. He won. Off-duty cops. <laughs> and, he, off- and he won the case. So it was self-defense. Yeah, like, it's like, he was crazy. Yeah, pretty fucking right. crazy. Who else you got? Uh, Ice Cube. Oh, that. Ice Cube is, uh, like, to me, I always look back on Cube. He was, uh, he was always, like, real serious about his craft. Like, even to this day, I understand why he's so successful because he's dedicated to, like, I'm going to make this, what I'm working on, really good. Right. And he, um, he, I remember Cube, uh, telling me that, um, he left, the tour had, like, a break, the first NWA tour, and he left to go to Hawaii with his girlfriend. And when he came back, he had all these pictures. He was like, yeah, man, I'm about to marry her. She the one. She the one. <laughs> and and that's his wife right now. Oh, really? Day. Oh, that's like, funny. Like, he's that kind of guy. Like, he, you know, he was, he, when he said that and he looked at me, he showed me that picture, he was like, dude, I love her. I am marrying her. And he, he meant it. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the kind of guy he is. How about uh, Snoop? Snoop Dogg. Uh, well, everybody knows he smokes weed 24 hours a day. He does a lot of weed. And, you would think that is that a prop, but it's no, it's a reality. Like I've I've seen Snoop actually. Um, we were sm- smoking, and I'm like I I, I tap out. <laughs> yeah, I like I hit a few, and I'm like you know I don't do that all day smoking, so I I tap out, and uh and they just keep them burning. I saw Snoop one day. So way he didn't turn into a lion. He looked around and said, um, he said, I mean, what what the blood? What, you know, who the fuck let the blunts burn out? The guy who was rolling blunts must have got tired. <laughs> oh, he needed it constantly being rolled the whole time. And he's he got not. a personal blunt roller at all times. He, you know, well, the thing about Snoop is I read somewhere he's got a really high IQ. Oh yeah, which totally he, makes he sense. He functions on weed. Yeah, I mean he's no, he's highly functional. Hey, what, hey, what about this? I had a buddy who makes beats. He's from uh, Dallas, Texas, and it, and he makes really hot beats. He could rap, sing, all this stuff. So I was I used to bring him around Snoop Studio, <clears throat> and Snoop's name was Black. And Snoop was like Black Roller Blunt. So black roller blunt, we just kicking. He like, man, man, black, and you talking to you like, you know, black, like, man, Snoop, my homie, like, black roller another blunt. <laughs> and then one day we weren't around Snoop, and black was like, man, Snoop, love me. I say, man, Snoop just wants you to roll his blunt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even, you don't even get. <laughs> yeah, you roll really good blunts. <laughs> yeah, he loves your blunts. I'm, so blunt. I'm sorry, he loves uh, your blunts. Oh well, what about? And this will bring us into. Uh, talking about what you're, what you're here to talk about a little bit. Uh, what E40? What do you think of him? E40 is the other half of the bay. You know, on the deadly we, streets we, of Oakland. We pretty much, you know, we pretty much did this side by side. But you know, the one thing people don't know about me and E40 is that we compete from day one. Uh-huh. We, we see it as a competition, but we talk to each other every week. And all the years that we were on Jive together, we would say, when's your album coming out? What's your next single going to be? Let me hear it. And he called. He was like, dude, I got some hot shit I just made. Like, like, oh, this, you know, we'd kind of be bragging. And it, it would, when I hear it, because our albums would never come out around the same time. So when I hear his shit and then all the streets are like, 40, 40, the hottest shit, 40. I'm like, oh, shit, now I got to go back. So you would have to it. step your game I up. I got to do it again. And basically, that's how we chastise each other our whole careers. And we started making songs together. It was years before we made songs together. But we had been buddies since since E-40 was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. I've been knowing him since they were they were just starting to sell records. Us Oakland dudes used to go to Vallejo and hang out with the Vallejo dudes all the time. And the Vallejo dudes would come to Oakland and hang out with us. It was like a thing we did. So 
I've been on E40 a long time. And the fact that I've always had him there to motivate me by making hot records and, you know, just like one upping me every time, it kind of, you know, I needed that. And so now you guys just put an album out together, which is like the the wet dream to the entire East Bay. I mean, that's just, it, just like. It's a, um, it, it might not, in these days and times, it might not be the biggest seller, but it's definitely, if you put your ear on it, it's definitely a good work, a very good work. There it is. Halloween mask and surgical blood. Where's more hate than love? What clients flop on they blood? Turn on they flesh and blood. Do them dirty just like a rug. Money, man. Heart looks him up. Vendettas and grudge. Five, one, five, sixes and fifty caliber slugs. Half of these bitches that get you killed at the club. Put you dice for push-ups. Or you can pay me in blood. There's a book of sugar. Bet I get it off. I'm a thug. I can see how people like E-40s. Uh, flow. I can see oh, how E40? like people. I can see how like he's funny. I just listened to it for fifteen he's seconds. I'm like, te- he's funny. technically uh, he's technically unique. Nobody does yeah. what he does. And I remember as a kid in the Bay, people started talking about Forty because we were all already listening to you, and everybody said, "There's this fucking rapper that raps off the beat like yeah. it had never been heard of before." Super fast sometimes. What's the name of the album for for everybody listening? The album is called History, and it's actually two albums. One's called Function Music, one's called Mob Music. History. And you guys are out here trying to function, is that right? That's not on that album, but we are <laughs> trying to function. Well, we, we are, um, and we are right. also trying to function. Can we circle back around for more rappers? Yeah, yeah. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes is my cousin's baby daddy. No, for, for, really? <laughs> oh, for real, for real? For real, for real. But <laughs> he, hates to, he hates to hear that. But, but is he a deadbeat daddy? <laughs> I don't think so, but I think he's got like a couple of baby mamas he don't like too much I'm not sure I know he don't like my cousin do you have kids no how did you how'd you get through that's them whole years? Miracle. how many abortions have you paid Hold for a I mean incredible. what the hell you must have that's an abortion well, he's like Mario Joyner you must have he just a, a too short abortion <laughs> academy I'm a professional skeeter yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you because I'm a black guy right <laughs> that's crazy all the guys with all the kids they kind of just let their shoulders slump and they go Ugh, and they just fall in it Oh yeah, when your it's toes be, curl. That's what I always think is like, you, why are you coming? Why are you finishing in these people? <laughs> finishing in these people. Like, why? You're what are you doing? Why? How much better does it feel? Like, how? I mean, it feels better, sure, but it doesn't feel that much better. Right. That's Must crazy. Be weird. Not it ain't night and day. Here. It's like night and dusk. I like to jump out and be a star. Oh, you put your arms up like Good Superman? Fucking come. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, all who, right. Who just just say Buster Rhymes? No, Buster Rhymes to me is um he's one of those guys who Busta Nut. <laughs> he's one of those guys, man. He's a tourist bull like me. He's like a nonstop worker. He uh when he first got his shine, you know, same as me, he made about five albums. You couldn't even distinguish the first one from the fifth when they yeah. came so quick, you know. And it's like he had he made hits, and he's like yeah. right now today. I mean, Buster just jumped on the awards not so long ago and just ripped the whole out with yeah, whatever the Chris he does. Brown thing, yeah. yeah, he's just huge. Whatever he does. Yeah. He's also physically huge at this point. Him and Dr. Dre, yeah, they he's, got they, they got are buff. gigantic. Well, what do you think of Dre? He's buff. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, what do you think of why are they get so th- swole? What do you think of the his like his uh, his his mo? I think Dr. Dre is like more than too short, more than E40, more than Snoop Dogg. I think he just is that pillar, that foundation of West Coast hip hop. Just because you could get somebody like me to say, I used to be bumping Dre. Before I ever made a record, I used to bump the Dr. Dre records, the world-class record crew. Like, he was there, and he was majored in. He was never been anything under major. Are all the, are those world-class record crew records any good? They were big back in the day. And they they sound good? 
They were like electro, they're like dance music. Right, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, and they sound like you can it listen to them? Yeah, for breakdancing. For breakdancing and shit? So, um, <clears throat> they were popular. Those guys did shows. And they were DJs. They would come and do these shows. I've they, seen the pictures. I just, I've never listened to it. What? Yeah, they would do these incredible DJ tricks and stuff. And the show would come and you'd have dancers, you'd have DJs, you'd have rappers. And then with LA, the LA guys would go around and, and, you know, be Uncle Jam's army and all this stuff. It was. And you don't, deal. I'm assuming you don't begrudge the headphones. You do, I'm sure you're just like, good for you. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm from the Bay. The, um, the company that made them was Monster Cable. That's you know, they, yeah, they do a lot. I think for there us. should be a champs like smoking game, where like you take a hit off your blunt every time someone talks about the Bay. <laughs> we, yeah, we yeah. smoking a lot. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about some younger guys then. What do you? Who are the guys that you're really into right now? Well, I'm fi- I'm really feeling the new, the new school because uh, the, there's a new group that kind of like you know they all just changed the norm. And came out the box and just kind of just made hits that are different. It's um, it's uh, you know, I, I feel like Kanye is the the to me he's the leader of that right. kind of yep. new school renaissance. Let's get off the regular. I thought Buster Rhymes was the leader he, of the new school. Boom, yeah. boom, bang, 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 bang. But he, but he balances people. he balances um, rapping about really socially conscious stuff, but also being an ignorant bling bling kind right. of person, and it, and, it, and it fits. And I, you know, going to like the Lupes, uh, you know. Kendrick Lamar is, you know. I feel like everybody. Kendrick is the dude that everybody's like. That's the next guy. Well, he's the he's the vibe that 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 crosses over. It kind, like, kind of resonates through all nationalities, you know. Do you like Little B? Do you know Little B? Little, I signed Little B. I discovered them. The Pack when they were the Pack. Right, the Pack, yeah. and you know, actually, the the Pack. Um, there was a kid named. Do you know Stroy Moyd is? Do you know that he's a comedian in Oakland, and him. And one of the dudes from the pack used to also used to come to comedy open mics before they were decided they, that dude wanted to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. It would be him and Stroy, and they would come fuck up open mics because they were like you know fifteen year old like junior Funny. high school students. They would come in, they would comedy. get open mics shut down, and then dude <laughs> went on to be one of the guys in the pack. I can't remember the guy's name. And then the other dude, Stroy, is a comic in the Bay. It was very funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, what about people from Oakland? Is there anybody? I mean, the pack, obviously. Well, the guys in Oakland right now, the, the guys from the Bay who are really hot right now, some cats out of Richmond, uh, the um, the um, 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 with all, you know, the song "I Beat the Pussy Up," all those. Oh yeah, that shit. Yeah, they they they're hot. What do you think of Love white girl mob? You care about them? Well, um, I was I'm cheering for the white girl mob because they came out with the hot song, the Crayshon song. They got the hundreds of thousands of followers on the social media, but they haven't. Really, yeah. you know, the follow up, and I'm hoping that 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 movement maintains because you know that's a, that's a good thing. You know, Are you of the mind that you you've got to you've got to have a little like street pop before you can? I guess everybody in hip hop does have like a street pop, and then you take the street pop, and then you, you sort know, of get a major. Had thing. Her little, you know, her street For sure, yeah, did. no, well, that's what I mean. But it's even but that, that's you did that, that that you did it almost first. It sounds like. Well, you know. You don't have to do that route, you know. I mean, like take a guy like Lil Bow Wow. We was talking about Lil Bow Wow. He he just he grew up rich, right? He, yeah. We didn't grow up rich. Wait, is that? He well, no. Little Bow Wow was a good rapper when he was four. He was on Arsenio. He's <laughs> exactly. fucking good. He came good. up under. Um, is wait, which one is Master P's son? That's so, little, little Romeo. Romeo. A little Romeo. There's many Lils out there. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I get I get my Lils. Yeah, no, he came up rich. He grew up like a rich man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, you what were, about what about V Nasty using the N word? What do, what are your feelings on that? Well, in the Bay. We have this. Certain, hit. We have this certain crew that uh that's colorblind, and we have this. I don't care. Like I, I got a homeboy. His name is Black, 
and he will hit all of you off in a minute with with several n words in your face, and he don't care if you white Chinese or Middle yeah. Eastern. Well, I, you, you will be you will be his in all day. Well, yeah. that's what I always say that the thing about Oakland and the Bay in general is that black is the coolest like it's like the, the kind of the you know like in the high school uh movie you know the letterman the, you know the football co- quarterback right when i was growing up in oakland the coolest kid were like the, the black dudes at the they were at the top of the social hierarchy a real nigga and so that's why all the white kids and all the white kids in the bay wanted to be black and that's why people like be nasty <laughs> exist basically as a guy i know he's not from the bay but i know a few people in the bay like this the guy i know his name is a uh, funky white mm-hmm. kind of self-explanatory <laughs> mm-hmm. right yes but, he in words all day, but it's just—I mean, if you if you're from that, that's it's not a problem, right? right. If I've been seeing yeah, that's my nigga. Little, He's awesome. <laughs> no, that's, and that's just that's just what's <laughs> fun. Um, Rappers Eminem. Speaking of crackers, Eminem, I feel like is the um, I feel like he's like the best ink pen that we've seen. Not because of race or anything. I just feel like the words that he uses yeah. to rhyme. And just the way he lines them up, not even necessarily the way he flows them, but just that selection of words. Just yeah, I guess I'm like big up in his vocabulary or some shit. But yeah, yeah. It ain't even like a super special vocabulary. It's just that no, his brain is. He seems his to say words is, that nobody else will say in that order. Yeah, and it's complexity of rhyme too. Guess who's back? So I, I, I like I like his what he added to hip hop because he gave birth to a whole slew of MCs that kind of you can tell. Like, oh, you Eminem. What about Riff Raff? Riff Raff made what song? Because I know the name. I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't nobody knows. Know. <laughs> no, I don't even know. <laughs> no, he was on, like, he was on that, that says stuff. all it needs to he say. He that one button. <laughs> what? <laughs> who's, your fa- who's your favorite rapper of all time? Do you know? Can you answer that? My favorite rapper of all time. I can't even give you a favorite artist or a favorite song. Like, it's just well, name, name some of your music. Top, name some of your top, your favorites, your favorite rappers. In the early days, it would have been Spoonie G. Next up, I would have, you know, I went through a whole Run DMC phase. Of, like, nobody could touch Run DMC. Those three, four albums they had that were, like, flawless. Um, I've been a, man, who's, who's like, like some of my favorite rappers. You know, one of my favorite rappers in the young days when Dre had that whole crew. I always liked what Daz and Corrupt used to do. Yeah, they were like, great they, together. They, they really, like, they did something different, like, to just be on the West Coast. Cause it was, like, that mixture of, you know, Corrupt coming from Philly and Daz being a, Long Beach, it was just amazing. Yeah, no, they did something special together. A lot of got, rappers, you, a lot of rappers, you, man. You I like, um, you know who, you know who my favorite new rapper is right now, though. Big Sean. He just kind of. Big Sean's he, good, man. He just kind of every song he gets on, he enhances his his part of the song. Sounds good all the time. Yeah, heard? he's got like a rich presence or something. Yeah, because it's not. He's it. not really saying anything. You just get the feeling he's gonna be around a while. Yeah, totally. Affiliated with Kanye. Can you? Are stuff. you good at picking who who will be around? Like, Nev not gonna last. Will ask, won't are you any good at that? It's hard to tell because you could be a really good artist and your fucked up thing about you could be the way you act when you're not working. Right. And that could be the thing that the reason why you're not there anymore. When you wonder why what happened to so and so, maybe he went up to the label and called the president a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just I realized something about work recently, like in the last week and a half. Don't threaten your boss, what? (laughs) Hey. But like it's theater. Yeah, you it's have to theater. perform. You're yeah. doing it's it's social theater. It's like ah yes, it's like kabuki. You're just right. constantly like ah, and I would always be like, no, nah, I want to be real. And it's like, no, don't be real. Yeah, be fucking. I used to tell, the guys, to I used the tell the guys in the pack they had this hot song. Got my Vans on, but they look like sneakers. They got right. all this play, 
all this travel. They're fresh out of high school. The world is theirs. They get on tour, and they're literally in the lobby beating the shit out of each other in front of the label execs, the label representatives. And the label's calling back going, I can't control these guys. What do we do? Give them a call like, dude, y'all got to calm the fuck down, man. Next day. Oh my God! They said that uh, one of them's back there talking. He says he sells crack and he kills people. <laughs> like, dude, could you guys quit scaring the fucking label? You gotta people? say it. You guys said Mary over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have said Mary. Mary again. <laughs> give him that. Give him that new room massage. Give him a nap. Seventy-one years old. Take a bath old. with him. Uh, I gotta. But I, I gotta I, take I, a leak. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I tell the guys, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you don't have to like each other to work together. Yeah, that goes to you guys too. Oh yeah, well, oh, no, so, we're so way far ahead. So we were, yeah, yeah. We're, none yeah. of us like each other. Yeah, we're, we're, we're already way ahead of each other. <laughs> uh, well, you know, let's wrap it up. But um, do you want uh, uh, the most recent kind of controversy? Are you, you, you interested in talking about that? The XL XXL. Oh yeah, yeah, I like I like that. Yeah, so uh, short put out. You know, well, you know, you, you talk about I'm, yourself. I'm gonna I'm revert to you for a hot minute. Can you relate? This is like I'm gonna take you through the whole little issue, and we we can wrap this up. Can you relate to? Because some guys weren't getting it. But do you remember, uh, you went to Catholic school? Yep. Do you remember to smell my finger? Yep. Okay. That's 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 where it started. I smelled so that finger. So we, <laughs> <laughs> so we were sitting in this room. I just did this, like, hour interview with XXL. And we're wrapping up this, this stuff. And the guy goes, hey, oh, we do this little thing on our website where we, um, it's like fatherly advice. It's like some comedy stuff. And, like, say something funny. Like, what would be two shorts, fatherly advice? Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, um. And just telling the story about like you know you're gonna, you're gonna get the little girl you're gonna get her somewhere she's your little girlfriend and you and you uh I'm, I'm telling like my little son I'm giving him the pep talk like how he, how he gets it and they put the shit up it was it's, I'm figuring it I'm just making it you don't even whatever. know what you're saying in the moment you're just kind of being you but know. I'm thinking this goes with some comedy stuff I'm trying to give the smell my finger angle and they put the shit up on a website and said two shirts fatherly advice and it's like yeah this is how you get pussy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm say what? And my phone starts ringing. They're like, "Oh my god, you're on the internet telling kids how to get pussy." And I'm like, "I'm what?" And they didn't run the interview that they did with me. They didn't run anything. They grabbed that. They put that shit up like two weeks later, like immediately. And I figure anybody that looked at this and posted this in this context knew must be trying to do some damage, right? And it's like I heard that they did stuff like that on the website in the past. I can't. I can't say because they want to generate hits and stuff. Right, they want controversy. That's the new new social media thing is controversy. Right. So I um I uh I go to address it like the stupidest thing in the world I did was I go to address it on social media, right. which I go to send a tweet out like that's you know blah blah this and that like some sort of like get them out Twitter. But it, the people that the people that um that work with me like um the little squares and nerds at work and they think like. Well, you can't really say uh, this and that. You got to say it like this. So they they worded. I I said it as a statement. Like, look, it was taken out of the wrong context. I didn't, you know, wasn't intended for using that. I didn't know what the purpose was, and you know, I was kind of like going like, "Hey, my bad." Yeah. And they were like, "You know, you got to be like an apology." So they put this shit out that they took part of what I said and they rewrote it and, and shot it out there, and it just I read it. And I was like, "That's kind of like." That's not a really an apology. That's like a cop out sort of. You gotta right. like, you gotta stand up on it. So that's what kind of p- 
pissed everybody off. Right. Oh, interesting. So they were really pissed. Like, first of all, you're going to do that. Then you're going to throw out this little condescending. Well, what were, you, what were they mad at you for? Like, what well, was the it problem? Sounded very, it was very provocative. It was like, you know, if you're said a young... said you got a finger and you got to do stuff. You know, it was the host. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm not trying to repeat it because right, it's going to... Right, right. No, no, no. It was, it, no, no it, we need the uh, hit, short. <laughs> Go ahead, baby. <laughs> but, it was, but then I, I read your interview in Ebony about it, and you were... It sounded like it actually really affected you, like that, that it was... Like, so what happened was I, I kicked back. I was like, I really got to learn the lesson about social media and how it's not about necessarily what piece of media that they have is how you can make it look by shortening it, lengthening, adding stuff, yeah. doctoring it, whatever. But once it goes out, it's viral. So I um, I just took a lesson learned, and I, I was kind of like falling back and just reading the stuff, and it's like, you know, it's wrong for him to do that. He should go uh, donate the services to uh, orphanage kids or there's right. everything in the world they were saying I should do. And I um I contacted this female who I know this writer. Her name is uh, Dream Hampton. Yeah. And she was uh I was reading like the all the trails kept leading to her. And she was I guess she was either spearheading or the focal point of a discussion that was going on. And it really interested me because I was reading and it's like, you know, it kept saying stuff like He's teaching rape. That's what it was saying. That is rape. That's an assault on a child, on a girl. No matter you telling one adolescent, you know, we did the shit in yeah. junior high school. Yeah. And the, and I talked to Dream, and she's like, "Well, I was like, you know, it's just something that we really did." I was just thinking back on the memory. She said, "Well, let me tell you something. When we were little girls, and we got pinned on the wall by the boy that we liked, and then he put his finger in us, we didn't necessarily feel good about that. She's like, we went home feeling violated at times, and you know, guys were doing stuff like." Watch me go over in the pool. I'm going to pull her top down and run. Right. And she's like, you guys laugh, but y'all don't know what we went home and thought. We would right. try, We didn't, you know. And she gave me a lot of scenarios of how that affects a woman in the long run. Right. In her future relationships. She's like, you don't even know that, you know, uh, some little kids actually do get raped. And it's not, she's like, in, in her mind, it's not different if you sit there and grab a girl and do that to her. Even though she's kind of willing, you're still kind of doing something she yeah. might not be ready for. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting what you're saying. And I didn't really realize as a kid, all our little giggling and with boy stuff that we did was leaving a, a trail of destruction behind right. us. And, I, you know, that led me to want to address this in a different way. And I really feel like now what I got out of it was you really got to be a little more responsible because these days, like even like if this if this would have happened twenty years ago, it could have affected me in a, a much more different way. Like possibly, you know, the kind of songs I would have been making or whatever. Right, but, right. But now I just I just kind of feel like there is a responsibility, especially now with the enter button. It's right. a different game right now. So totally. you know, so I just I just feel like a lesson learned. Wish it didn't have to go down like that, but you know, I went in there feeling like. You know, smell my finger, and I came out like you know, kind of humbled. Well, I gotta say, just and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, th- uh, but I gotta say, the, the fact that Too Short is is talking about you know the, the trail of destruction that sometimes I mean that to me that it's almost like it's worth it. It's like you know, it's like you seem like you know, it, it's almost like that was a lesson learned in a in a positive way. So for whatever that's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of, I never really got into this to be rude and cruel and, you know, and kind of make these songs that you could say, oh, yeah, she's a bitch and and, and, right. and tease a girl. So I, I always did it so it could be some kind of humor to the listener. Well, and when I do shows, all the front rows, always the chicks, they love it. They, 
My turn. My so turn. if you you heard it here first, I if you want a woman to really lick your good. dick up and down like it's corn on the cob, just ask her. Ask her nicely. Ask her nice. Call it a vagina. Uh, folks, and address her as bitch in a very nice tone. <laughs> Ms. Bitch. Can I have some vagina, bitch? Uh, so, folks. <laughs> it, it might work. It might work. It might work in the one out of ten times. True story. I had a homeboy. His name is uh, his name is Mike, and I told him to uh. We took him to this party. He's like totally out of his element, and we took him to this thug party. And we, uh, Mike, used to wear his hair like like real stringy and long. And we took him to this pimp's hairdresser, <laughs> and we got him like these pimp wave curl <laughs> things. And then we told him wear a suit. <laughs> and we took him to this thug party, and he was like, "Man, I just feel crazy, man. Like I don't, I don't even know what to do." I said, "Dude, look at how you look. Walk up to every girl that you like and just say, What's up? My name is Mike, bitch.'" <laughs> he came back to me about an hour later and said that shit worked. <laughs> uh, that is fucking hard. Man, that's a lesson from the champs. Uh and, and I told my other buddy, I said, um, he said, How do you get those girls? I said, just ask them. Just go back to them. You wanna fuck? I said, You're gonna get ninety nine girls gonna say fuck you. Fuck you, might get slapped in the what face. The fuck, bitch? Came back, he said, "Dude, that shit works." Uh, <laughs> Hello, I am so, Moshebot. Uh, <laughs> listen, that was too short. Short. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's an honor it was to awesome. have you on. Here. Had a good time. Good time. And uh, to everybody listening, uh, Cop Too Short's new album with E40, and uh, follow him on Twitter at Too Short. Yeah. All right, you've been fucked by the champs. Thanks so much. Bam. Now you're fucking with the champs. Champs. champs.